the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless the Lord, who forgiveth all our sins. His mercy endureth forever. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord be with you. And with Let us pray. Merciful God, who didst send thy messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Baruch. Take off the garment of your sorrow and affliction, O Jerusalem, and put on forever the beauty of the glory from God. Put on the robe of the righteousness from God. Put on your head the diadem of the glory of the everlasting. For God will show you your splendor everywhere under heaven. For your name will, be, will forever be called by God, peace of righteousness and glory of godliness. Arise, O Jerusalem, stand upon the height, 
and look toward the east and see your children gathered from west and east at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that God has remembered them. For they went forth from you on foot, led away by their enemies. But God will bring them back to you, carried in glory as on a royal throne. For God has ordered that every mountain and the everlasting hills be made low and the valleys filled up to make level ground, so that Israel may walk safely in the glory of God. The woods and every fragrant tree have shaded Israel at God's command. For God will lead Israel with joy in the light of his glory, with the mercy and righteousness that come from him. The word of the Lord. from Philippians. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy, thankful for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart 
for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruits of righteousness which come through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. The word of the Lord. be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory be to thee, O Lord. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of all Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Aturia and Trachonitis, and Licinius tetrarch of Abilene, in the high priesthood of Ananias and Cephas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region about the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken, and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, let us consider Zechariah, priest of the temple in Jerusalem, husband to St. Elizabeth, 
who is a cousin of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Zechariah, father of St. John the Baptist. A few moments ago, our choir chanted Canticle 16, or the Song of Zechariah, in the place of the psalm. Our choir chanted the very first words out of Zechariah's mouth after a nine-month period of being struck dumb. Now, of Zechariah, we know extremely little. We know nothing about his youth or life other than he is the son of Berechias and of the lineage of Abiah. That is to say, he is of a priestly family and he himself serves as a temple priest in Jerusalem in the service of Judaism. We know Zechariah is married to Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary. Mary and Elizabeth's mothers are sisters. We know also that Elizabeth is a daughter of Aaron. Now Aaron was the priest in the time of Moses and the man from which all temple priests descend. So we know his credentials, we know his pedigree, and we know it is very good. It is impeccable. St. Luke in verse 6 of the first chapter of his gospel tells us something of his moral character as well. St. Luke records this, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless, blameless. So not only is Zachariah's pedigree of note, of worth, he and Elizabeth are also holy and righteous folk. They are considered by Luke blameless, which is no small thing. They obey every commandment. They are kind. They are charitable. They are loving. They care for the poor and the orphan and the widow. They are, by all accounts, saints, deeply religious, good people. But an interesting thing happens to Zechariah the priest, father of St. John the Baptist. It is his turn to offer sacrifice at the temple in Jerusalem and as lats are cast, that's how they decide who does what job among the priests, Zechariah draws what is considered to be more, one of the more important, prominent jobs, offering incense at the altar and intercessing for the faithful during the service. And as he is offering incense and praying for the people, the angel Gabriel appears to him at the altar and tells Zechariah that his wife Elizabeth who is old, who is barren, will conceive and bear John the Baptist. And what does Zechariah do? Faithful priest at the altar of God, he doubts Gabriel's words. And for doubting, he is struck dumb. As they converse, as this takes place, thousands stand outside the temple in prayer. Thousands begin to worry because Zechariah is delayed. They wonder, has the Lord struck him down? Has he seen a vision? Zechariah finally does appear, supposedly to give the ritual blessing to the people to end the service. But he can do nothing. All he can do is wave his arms, make signs, and hope the thousands understand. Like any good priest worth his salt, Zechariah 
doesn't go home. He finishes out his temple duties, then returns home. And for nine months, for the entire pregnancy of his wife Elizabeth, he utters not one word. Surely this doesn't go unnoticed by his townsmen and his kinfolk. A faithful priest and citizen struck dumb. I often wonder at this. The nine months muting of Zechariah is only given one sentence of treatment in the gospel. But that's an enormous thing to happen. And I'm struck most because this doesn't happen to an unfaithful person. It is not someone who curses the Lord or who neglects the Lord, but a man of great faith. This muting happens to a man in the midst of him fulfilling his religious duty and obligation faithfully. And it doesn't just last for a day or two, but for the better part of a year. What did Zechariah do for that year? What was his life like? How did he manage? This was in the day before iPhones and iPads, in the days before typewriters, in the days before pen and paper, really, were easily accessible. What did he do? He and his wife Elizabeth advanced in years, her pregnant, and he unable to speak. Three things come to my mind considering Zechariah, a warning, a blessing, and a lesson in faith. I think the plight of Zechariah serves firstly as a warning to us all. Here we have a man who was devout, who kept all the laws. Here we have a man who was kind and generous in giving, who was loving. Here was a man who had faith at the center of his life. And here we also have a man who doubts the message of Gabriel, who doubts the power of God. How easy is it for us to turn our own faith into a mere set of regulations and expectations? Of course we are supposed to be kind. Of course we are supposed to go to church. Certainly we are supposed to pray for others, to be generous and kind and giving. And those things most of us do, or we would not be here this morning. But how often do we doubt the power and the action of God in our world and in our lives? How often do we doubt that which we cannot explain? How many times do we doubt the still, small voice of God offering us opportunity, pushing us in a direction, calling us to be more? How many times do we doubt or ignore the voice of God that calls us to be holy? to be that which we least expect. Because Zechariah did what most of us do every day, lived a faithful life, but yet doubted God's power. Zechariah was given a blessing, not allowed to hear himself talk for nine months, not allowed to talk to others. And the blessing in that is silence. How odd it must have been not to be able to chant the services of the temple for him. To not be able to respond to the questions and comments and concerns and needs 
of Elizabeth, his wife. How hard was it for him not to discuss the politics of the day with his friends, not to argue over sports or philosophy or anything at all. In many ways, Zechariah was completely cut off from the world for nine months. Now think, if you will, what it must be like not to have the ability to speak. Imagine being muted for nine months. It would give one an abundance of time to listen, to think, to reflect, to be still. Not being able to hold conversations or argue or converse with others leaves a tremendous amount of time for a person to think. And you have to remember there was not television back then either. There was not newspapers in large print. Gave you plenty of time to think. Now admittedly, having all this time, this free time, is a danger. For two things can happen. First, not so good. Zechariah could have become bitter and hate-filled at what God had done to him. He could have rebelled against God and God's judgment. He could have become selfish and self-serving, angry, hate-filled, but he did not. Although we can't say for certain what Zechariah did with his time in silence, the first words out of his mouth when he is able to speak tell us with some certainty that he indeed used his time wisely in a holy manner. Eight days after the birth of John the Baptist, they gather for his circumcision. And they ask Elizabeth what the name of the child will be. Zechariah is still not talking. She says, John. And all of the people in the room are amazed because no one in their family is named John. So why in the world would they do that? Zechariah confirms it by writing upon a tablet the name John. And as soon as Zechariah writes the name John, his mouth is loosed, his tongue. And the first words he declares is the canticle we sung this morning. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. He hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. The first words out of Zechariah's mouth are praise for God and an acknowledgement of his power in this world, of his salvation, of his activity. For nine months, Zechariah had thought about his doubt and his lack of faith in God's power, had thought about God's actions and presence in his own everyday ordinary life. For nine months he watched in silence as the child promised by God grew in the womb of his aged and supposedly barren wife. For nine months he watched the same thing happen with Mary. Zechariah no longer doubted the power of God. His faith was deepened to the point that every word uttered was a prayer and a praise to the living and the true God. Now, pious legend holds that Zechariah was killed by Herod right after the birth of our Lord and Savior. Herod undoubtedly had heard of his story, the man struck dumb, and he made sure when he was out slaughtering all the male children under two that they took care of Zechariah while they were at it. 
Elizabeth and John escape under night's cover. The faithful and loyal and believing Zechariah, Zechariah, priest of the temple, stands watch in prayer and vigil as Herod's fury and madness sweep the land, and it costs him his life. But he does not doubt. He praises God. Brothers and sisters, during the season of Advent, we are asked ourselves to prepare for the coming of the Lord, both in his nativity and in his second and glorious coming to judge the world. We are asked to fast, to make special acts of devotion, to extend ourselves to others in charity and kindness, especially the poor and the widowed and the orphan. We are asked to be silent, to be patient, to watch, and to wait. So let us learn from Zechariah, who did those things for nine months, who waited and watched in silence, who prayed and reflected and thought about his God, what his God had done in his own time, in the history of the world, and in the world around him. So let us contemplate these things with the godly priest of the temple, what God has done in our world, what God has done through our world, and what God is doing now. For I guarantee you, if we stop and make the time to be silent, to be still, to sit and pray, to watch and to wait, we will come to see God more clearly, nearly, and dearly. We will come closer to God in real and meaningful ways. If we would but take the time to pause, to reflect, perhaps we too could come to make every word we utter a prayer and a praise to God as Zechariah did and be an, an encouragement to all around us. And that is something that this broken world sorely needs. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Standing, let us affirm our faith in God and in his holy church. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our
prayers that people have found on page seven. Kneeling, let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, bless all those whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, we commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, let us pray for our own needs and those of others. For your handmaids with child, especially Elizabeth Hancock, Nora Middleton, and Megan Elizabeth Ryder. And for those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Meacham Harlow, Sarah Holyfield, Cynthia Parsley, Earl Schneider, Hugh Stansel, and Sidney Schwartzfeger. Also for those celebrating anniversaries this week, especially Father Jeff and Catherine Rich. For those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Alfredo Aldham, Kay Anderson, John Barnett, Dewey Blackledge, Suzanne Boyd, Beth Boykin, James Ray Bush, Tyler Carter, Luca Seraldo, Mary Kraft, Sylvia Ellis, Michelle Gibson, Abby Hedrick, Bill Hersom, Leroy Jensen, Josie Jett, Brian Jones, Pat Killen, Mary Lou Lott, Cayman Lyles, Della McAllister, Rita McDaniel, Cameron McLaurin, Nita McRae, Anna Messinger, Jean Miller, Mike Mink, Jenny Owens, Whitney Pickering, Carol Prevost, Jenny Lou Kwong, Ashley Rogers, Bill and Carolyn Sanford, Diane Scott, Joel Scott, Ella Smith, Wendy Sneed, Tony Stansel, Joyce Thames, Martha Jane Tyler, Mary Wade, Shirley Waldrop, Dan Walters, Holly Warren, Donnie, Donna and Milton Wheeler, Lisa Worrell, Jenny Yeager, and for all those who suffer from chronic illnesses and for those we name at this time. 
for the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbell, Luis the Balthazar, Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Butler, Mark Carter, Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jay Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Jamalo, Walton Lucky, Calvin Powell, Howard Russell, Michael Thomas, Joe Vinson, James Warner, Mark Waters, and Wyatt Welch. O Lord Jesus Christ, who at thy first coming didst warn us to prepare for the day when thou shalt come to be our judge, mercifully granted being awake from the sleep of sin, we may always be watching and intent upon the work thou hast given us to do, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without him. Amen. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you into everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the word of God to all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is a true saying and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the perfect offering for our sins and not for ours only but for the sins of the whole world. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you.
good morning and uh, bl blessings this Advent to, to you all this second Sunday in Advent. Uh, I want to welcome you to St. John's this morning. Uh, we have several things going on at the end of this liturgy. Uh, I hear that St. Nicholas will be paying a visit to bless us and to hand out gifts to all the kids. Uh, so at the end of the service, all the kids will come forward and we'll uh, sing to St. Nicholas and see, see if we can't get him here. Uh, later on uh, this evening at 6 o'clock, we will continue with EYC, well, confirmation class at 4, EYC at 6. Then tomorrow, our Episcopal uh, Church Women, or the ECW, will have their annual holiday fete. So at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, we'll have uh, a Holy Eucharist in here in the church with special music. Then at 12, we'll, we'll move across to the Rogers Greenhouse, where the sixth grade from St. John's Day School will, will come and sing Christmas carols to us, and we'll have uh, a festive lunch with that. So please uh, do, if you're a lady of the church, make plans uh, to, to come to that. It's a really, a really great day. Um, then Tuesday, the Daughters of the King will have their quiet hour in the chapel at 1030, and that's a great way to sort of stop and, and reflect and think about things in your own life. It's uh, during this Advent season, so I encourage you to, if you're able, to make it to that. Uh, Wednesday, the St. John's Day School will be coming over here for our chapel. Their chapel uh, will be held in here in, in, the, in the nave at 830. Uh, we'll also have our noonday mass and vestry will meet. And other than that, I think that should do it for big events for the week. Uh, our annual Family Connections Christmas Project in conjunction with the Good Samaritan uh, is going very well. We, we have four uh, families left to adopt. So the, in this week, I think, is uh, the end of this week is, is when we're going to try to get everything wrapped up. So if you'd like to adopt a family, today would be a great day to do that. Or uh, if you're someone who would love to shop for a family but might need, um, you might have done other things with our charitable giving uh, but still would be willing to shop, um, that's great. Come, come see me. Or if uh, you're someone who hates shopping but uh, have some money you would like to give to a charitable cause and, and give Christmas to a family, come see me as well. Uh, we have four families left, and I think that's it, that we have Christmas-tied flowers. Uh, we always do big poinsettia trees and uh, make a big deal out of the church for Christmas Eve and the 12 days of Christmas. The sign-up for those flowers in memory, you may leave in memory or thanksgiving of a person or an event or on the sacristy hallway, uh, or you may come by the office or you may sign up online. And I think that is uh, really what's all that's really uh, going on, so that's enough. Uh, so anyway, everyone again, welcome. Ascribe to the Lord the honor due his name, bring offerings and come into his courts.
holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God and thanksgiving for his many, many blessings upon our lives. Giving thanks especially this day for the life and witness of Zechariah. Asking special intentions that we may learn to be silent, that we may learn to look for God in our ordinary and everyday lives, and that we may doubt not God's power. We offer special intentions during the season of Advent for all those who are without friend, who are unwanted and loved, and who know not the Lord Jesus. We also offer special intentions for the homeless, those who hunger, for the orphan and the widow. May we do our best to alleviate their suffering, befriend them, and show them to our Lord and Savior. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto uh, the Lord our God. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto Thee. O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Everlasting God, because Thou didst send Thy beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death, and to make us heirs in him of everlasting life, that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying,
All glory be to thee, almighty God, our heavenly Father, for that thou of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and did institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again. For in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it, in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Lord and Heavenly Father, according to the institution of Thy dearly beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we, Thy humble servants, do celebrate and make here before Thy divine majesty with these Thy holy gifts which we now offer unto Thee, the memorial Thy Son hath commanded us to make, having in remembrance His blessed passion and precious death, His mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, rendering unto Thee most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits procured unto us by the same. We most humbly beseech thee, O merciful Father, to hear us, and of thy almighty goodness vouchsafe to bless and sanctify with thy word and Holy Spirit these thy gifts and creatures of bread and wine, that we receiving them according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood. And we earnestly desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable holy and living sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee that we and all others who shall be partakers of this holy communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction, and made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee to accept this our bounden duty and service, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen.
And now, as our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are behold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation or deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank Thee for that Thou dost feed us in these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of Thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and dost assure us thereby of Thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members in corporate in the mystical body of thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. May Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you with the light of his blessing and set you free from all sin. May he whose second coming in power and great glory we await make you steadfast in faith joyful in hope and constant in love. May you who rejoice in the first advent of our Redeemer at his second advent be rewarded with unending life and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be upon you this day and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. Thanks. Thanks.